This podcast is part of the TPS Radio Sports Podcast Network at www.tpsradio.net. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. A $2, no, 50 cents, no, buy two, get one free. Does anybody have take or nickel? Play it. TPS Radio, Mike and James. Well, after That's WrestleMania, us. yes, yes, we, we promise you a TNA full show. And yes. I guess this is going to to be it. First of all, um, Daniel's gone from TNA. Mike, uh, this has now happened over a week ago at the time <laughs> of recording. What do you think of that? I think it's a great, great shame. I mean, not just because he's a good performer and not just because I'm someone who quite likes the old school TNA, but he's one of those people who the fans really took to their hearts. So for him to suddenly go, it's a big surprise, isn't it? Big shocker. It is a big shocker. And the, mm, it looks like he was made to go rather than it being his own decision. Really? Yes. That that's uh, the consensus. That's the latest that I get from uh, Daniels. Oh my god! But that 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 to me does not sound good at all. Because when you think about it, what possible reason could they have for letting him go? The only reason I can think of is, please God, they can't be scrapping the X division, surely. Wow, that was uh, that was one fear. Um, yeah. But then again, if uh, well, I don't really know. Update on the departure from Daniels from TNA. Here we go. The departure of former X Division champion Christopher Daniels was apparently not voluntary. He was released by the company. There had been reports that Daniels requested his release, but this wasn't the case. As we noted earlier, Daniels was not a favourite of Eric Bischoff. That was from WrestleView. That was uh, the 14th of April posted. So there you go. Well, what the hell should Eric Bischoff have to do with it? He's only a consultant. Well, yes. Um, is he, though? Well, that's that's my point. Supposedly, that's all he is, but what the, what the fuck's he got to do with him? Well, Jim Cornette, he's got a letter from TNA's lawyers. Has he? <laughs> yeah. About what? <laughs> well... <laughs> I was listening to the Wrestling Observer Radio. Basically, he uh, to Terry Taylor, who works for TNA, right? Yes, of course. He sent. He sent. He sent uh, uh, a letter. Actually, I've got it here. If you want me to, well, let's see how long it is first. Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, yeah, it's quite long. Uh, uh, paraphrase, my dear. Paraphrase, paraphrase. Oh, well, that there you go. That takes some. An email from Jim Cornette to Terry Taylor, nineteenth of March. Uh, TT, I was going through and deleting a bunch of old emails and found. This last one from you. I don't mean to stir anything up, but I felt I had to write and get some things off my chest. Oh, I've dear. always liked you, and we have never had a problem. I'm sure you have heard some of my many commentaries in TNA, and I wanted to make sure 
you knew I wish you no ill, nor do I wish anyone in TNA ill. That's nice, including talent, TV crew, and office staff. If the incident he has in inverted commas has not happened when it did, I would have quit anyway a month later. Hmm. Perhaps uh. saying uh, Cornette was obviously made to go. When the news broke that Hogan and Bischoff were taking over the company, and you know this to be true, because the only reason I was ever there was that I thought TNA would be the promotion to keep Vince from having a monopoly. Mm. And that's uh, McMahon, not Russo, and uh, be an alternative to the bullshit sports entertainment. Obviously, with the new regime, that is not in the plans, and I would have made a hopefully graceful exit, shaking my head and wondering why. But taking that out of the equation, I was glad I worked for TNA. It's just frustrating and disappointing to me that it couldn't have turned out better. If not for one thing, I could move on with no hard feelings, but... That one thing is big and is in danger of consuming my life if I don't just come out and say it. Shall I go on? Please. I will say it because I'm trying to quell the burning in my heart. I hate Vince Russo. I despise Vince Russo. I want Vince Russo to die. If I could figure out a way to murder him without going to prison, I would consider it the greatest accomplishment of my life. I hate him for the money he's cost me. I hate him for what he's done to the business. I hate him from keeping TNA from keeping TNA from being competitive the WWE. I hate him for the careers, even the lives he's ruined with his shitty booking and the irreparable damage he's done to every promotion he's been involved with. I regularly wake up from dreams in which I am in the act of murdering him. I literally oh burn God. whenever I think of him. I've sworn to myself that I will willingly go to jail if I ever see him in person again, and he had better pray his fictitious invisible man in the sky that that that, that oh, day yeah. never comes. I intend to make it my life's work and mission to fuck with him and anything he ever has to do, anything in the wrestling business. I'll kind of uh, end there because it goes on. I'd imagine that is pretty much the bit why uh, he's got a call from TNA's lawyers because Terry Taylor, obviously, he supposedly either forwarded it to Vince Russo or I think he did. That's the story at the moment. And uh, I don't know who actually called Lloyd, whether it was TNA or Vince Russo himself. But thoughts on that, Mr. Mike? Thoughts on that? My thoughts on that is that Jim Cornette has just said he hates Vince Russo and gone. (laughs) Yes. Now then, uh, as a Catholic, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about that part of the statement, but but that's by the by. Um, he wants Vince Russo to die and has absolutely no qualms about this. Vince? <laughs> yeah. I thought I thought I was bad, but carry carry on. I thought you were bad as well. I thought I wasn't the best. I mean, Vince Russo has done some pretty big damage to to some major organizations. I think Cornette saying he hates him for what he's done to the business is ridiculous because I think Vince Russo is part of the business growing up, which needed to happen. So I think that's Cornette being a bit outdated myself. But as for him wanting to seemingly kill Vince Russo with a pair of rusty scissors into his... I and doesn't care if he gets caught and thrown in jail for it. Um, 
My thoughts is that I wouldn't mind giving Vince Russo a slap myself, but I don't think I'd go that far. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, um, I mean, he ends the he ends the email saying, "I wish you, uh, I wish you all good luck. I'm sorry if anything I do." I say or do, sorry, causes you any problems, and I hope one day to be in charge of a wrestling promotion with the funds to hire all of you to work in it. But just so you know, I will fuck with any company Vince Russo is involved with until I draw my last breath. And if there is an afterlife, I will return to haunt his miserable ass. Either that, or I will myself, or I'll will myself to live long enough to piss on his fucking tombstone. And hey, hatred is hell of a motivator. Uh, there you go. And TNA have obviously, uh, he's, this is from jimcornet.com, uh, you what? know, his website. Why? Oh, what, he posted it on his website? Yes, because TNA, because this is a private email initially, but I think he posted it because on April the 9th, TNA sent him a letter, uh, you know, a legal letter. But why the hell did Terry Taylor forward it on to TNA officials, that fucking idiot? Well, the thing is, does... Do Cornet really want to kill Vince Russo? I, I I'm think. Gonna, well, don't you think so? Yeah, but I, I'm going to think that was a. I tell you, I, I, t- I tell you what. Not, uh, it, it was a stupid thing to do, and to to put in an email and send it to Terry Taylor who worked for TNA. I guess, uh, I guess he's him and Terry Taylor aren't friends anymore now. Um, I would guess not. No, uh, it was it. Terry Taylor was probably like. I don't know what he's thinking. Maybe he thought, my goodness, has Jim gone too far? I better notify someone. Because if they find out that he has killed Vince Russo and I had this email, that's going to be bad. I don't oh, know. come on. He's not actually going to murder him. Uh, no, I tell you what, though. That is the best promo so far in 2010. Wouldn't you isn't agree? Isn't it just? <laughs> it is. It is, isn't it? I mean, had he stood there and made that promo in Ring of Honor, he would... Well, I don't know what he would be. It'd probably be a bit. Well, he'd be the biggest babyface in Ring of Honor, possibly. But... He'd be the champion. He would. He would, wouldn't he? What? Uh, thing is, though, I don't agree that him wanting Vince Russo to die or killing him. But in terms of what he does done to the business, uh, I agree with you. Yes, uh, he was good for the business. But I think in terms of now, I pretty much uh, Jim Connett is on the money in terms of you know Vince Russo. Uh, of re- ever since he left WWE, he's been uh, he's done, in my opinion, irre- almost irreparable damage to every promotion he's been involved with. He's had his time, you know. He had some amazing ideas for the for the uh, for the right time in the business. He worked with some great people. Uh, he just doesn't have it anymore. No, and uh, yeah, I was listening to the Wrestling Observer. Again, and they were saying um, that one of the reasons why, well, one of the main reasons why Cornet left TNA was made to leave TNA was because uh, Vince Russo said that Ed Farrar was coming back, but Ed Farrar did not want to work at Jim Cornette, and hence, uh, goodbye, Jim Cornette. I did hear it was because Ed Farrar was coming in, yes. I didn't know there was beef between Farrar and Cornette, though. No, and uh, I think oh, that's a... which, which is a, it's a shame, really, because I always see Ed Ferrara as the more reasonable of the two, him and Russo. Yeah, um, but well, we're we're, we're talking about TNA. We've talked about it before. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I I just some some of the decision they made, some of the people they've got rid of since this new regime. Okay, you think about it, right? They have. I've said this before. They yeah. got RVD. 
They've got Jeff Hardy, obviously yes. Hulk Hogan. Ric Flair is back, you know, and he's he's wrestled. Uh, Hulk Hogan has wrestled. Um, they and this is just in the last what six months, really? Uh, well, since January, let's say they've been on TV, haven't they? All yes. These people, and on Mondays they they pull a naught point. I think it was naught point eight or naught point nine was their most recent. Uh, rating, but that has got to be, because now they're unopposed against Raw for that one hour, this is Jeff Hardy, we've constantly said this, this was the biggest wrestling draw in 2009 they've got, they've got RVD coming back, a man who is, you know, even the casual fan knows who he is, um, he's come back, and they they can't get over a one on a Monday, for, and the last two weeks have been unopposed for one hour against Raw, they've all, they drew a 0.6 as well, I mean, you do you well, consider this regime so far a failure? This yes. new regime. I have to say yes. I mean, the the numbers don't lie. No, and they've got Scott Hall, X Pac, and Kevin Nash back as the band, or you know, the old NWO. What do you think of that? I think Scott Hall looks dreadful. Is what I think of that. I think Nash is fine and a good guy to have around. Nobody seems to really like Sean Waltman, although I think it's a little harsh myself. Scott Hall just looks haggard, tired, and old. Put it this way: if you if if you had Scott Hall in a main event one on one on Impact, would you watch that or would you watch Raw? I would. I would watch Raw to be honest. Um, exactly, unless you wanted a laugh. Yes. Yes, unless it was uh, it was Scott Hall versus someone like Samoa Joe in a in a realistic well in a in an MMA shoot style match, I might watch that just to see Scott Hall get pummeled. But... God, he would get owned, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, he would. So I just I don't understand how they've got this so wrong. I mean, they've got they've any... run out they've run out of sorry the button. They've run... basically I don't think they've got any excuses left. What uh, as you said a few times, they've got the talent, they've got the time slot. If it's not coming together, there's only one thing they can blame. Booking. And who's in charge of booking? Russo and Ferrara. Yes. Get, I mean, for goodness sake, you, you should see this. I mean, did you see the spiel, the stupid spiel on a, not last Monday show, the Monday before, of the women's championship, you know, with the boxes? No, what happened? Basically, they had a match, uh, and they had to basically to cut it short. They opened the boxes, if you had the match, depending when you got pinned. One of them it was a spider. One of them was the championship. So basically, the champion, Tara, could lose her championship by not even losing a match, if that made sense, you know? It was just this big... I can't even explain it. It was just this big clusterfuck. Yeah, just... just, just... Is, is it, as I said before, just too many ideas thrown together? Yeah, and not very good ones at that. I mean, we, we've explained the Kennedy, the Ken Anderson, sorry, angle match to get the key for the lockdown match, but they have a ladder match there, which is a pay-per-views type match for the key to the cage in the lockdown match. What the hell? I mean, please. This is a place where they've actually had a match with the women to get into the cage. They don't, the thing is, they don't need any of this stuff. No. This is the thing. They don't need it. Ken Anderson versus Kurt Angle ladder match. That's a really good match. Yes, that's a pay-per-view match, and it was that's a, a quite good match. Yeah, but they're putting it on television for either of two reasons, right? Either their booking is shit, which sometimes it is anyway, or they're doing that because they are that desperate for TV ratings, and it hasn't worked. 
Yes. No, it hasn't worked. And, uh, well, the, the reports of Vince Russo feels he's burned out. I'm sorry, mate. You were burned out many, many years ago. I'd he imagine... Burned the, he's burned out again? Yeah, the, I'd imagine the day he left WWE, in hindsight. Was, that's part of the reason he left for WCW. He thought, I'll just ta- I'll, I'll go to WCW for a couple of years, make some good money, and just get out. You know what I mean? He was burnt out in 99. Yeah, he was. He was, wasn't he? And oh, it's just... Well, I don't know. I don't know what to think. His best run was over a decade ago, which is his only success. In a, you know, when you look at it, when you, if you look at it from a pure numbers point of view, you know. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't done anything in the in the last ten years of any note, other than help companies fail. Who? So, yeah. Quite frankly, there isn't anything else we need to say. No, he, but, uh, no go on. Well, but he is, as I've said, he is an amazing man, isn't he? He gets paid yes. for failing. So, in a way, Dixie Carter, they're shoving all this money, goodness knows. I mean, they were breaking even just before this whole regime, and they started to make money, TNA, after losing uh, quite a substantial amount of money for all those years. They break even, and then they suddenly do this. They hire Hulk Hogan. They hire uh, Eric Bischoff. They hire Ric Flair. They, you know... And, well, with Advins Russo in charge, and what's it done for them? Nothing. And then Dixie Carter's paying out all this money. Uh, she's a bit of an idiot, really, uh, if, if she can't see for her, her own, for herself. And you don't even need to be a wrestling fan. You don't even need to know too much about the wrestling business to realise it's failing at the moment. I think Dixie Carter is a little naive. Yeah, but yeah. let's be honest. There's only she's naive, but it gets to the point where okay, you kind of deserve, you kind of deserve the shit you're getting now because there's naive and they're just being absolutely ridiculously stupid. Oh yeah, I'm not defending her at all. It's just like I mean, she basically thinks bringing Hulk Hogan, everything would be huge, okay? And it was, and everything was better for that first show. Yes. Now then, but what has happened next is basically, what has happened next is base is basically. She she has so much trust in Vince Russo because of what he's done in the past. Yes, in the past he has done some great things, but as we said, that was a long time ago. I think she's looking at wrestling very simplistically. Put it this way, right? If you had been in wrestling for only if you had been a wrestling fan for only one year, okay? For yeah. example, think of this. If you've been a wrestling fan for only one year, and you won a ton of money, like the Wrestlelicious guy, and you wanted to set up your own company in wrestling, you'd think, okay, what do I need? I need the people who are in charge of the Attitude Era, Russo yes. Ferrara. Agreed. I need Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair, because they were huge once upon a time. And you, you need some big stars, and you throw it all together. I think she's looking at wrestling in a very simplistic manner, and she's looking at what worked 10 years ago. I don't think she knows much about what the wrestling fans of today really want. No. Uh, and some people would argue that she's hired the wrong people to do that. Uh, I can't, but as you said, though, you know, I, can't, I can't blame her because, yeah, she has hired the people that appeared to be successful all those years ago. Yeah. I think that's part of the problem. It's not just Vince Russo's Vince Russo being an idiot. It's the fact that Dixie Carter trusts him so much. Yes, but I think it's gone beyond. Well, I don't know. He must be. He must have naked pictures of her somewhere or something. I mean, you know, you've you've got a. 
Well, I mean, I said Vince Russo must have naked pictures of Dixie Carter or something like that. Uh, somewhere. That's why he's still employed, you know? Blackmailing uh, uh, her. That's what I meant. Oh, I get oh, I There you go. I thought he meant naked pictures because he fancied her. Nah, well, uh, <laughs> well, you, you never know, do you? Um, She's a fine-looking lady for her age. Yes, she is. Yeah, you've met, you've met her, haven't you? I have, that is true. She's a fine-looking lady for her age, yeah. And, I don't know, but then, it, I mean, you begin to question when they hire, for example, a Scott Hall, and then they get rid of a Daniels, and they've got rid of a Peeney Williams, you know? And, and but does, doesn't this just scream what I'm saying? She's looking at what worked a few years ago, not what the fans want today. They, you don't need Scott Hall anymore. You need wrestling. That's what the TNA fans want. I think the TNA fans want the alternative. They want real wrestling. She's going for the older people as a quick fix, a quick fix to compete with the WWE. But you shouldn't be thinking about competing with the WWE yet. Think about getting your own product good, solidifying that, and making some fucking money, then compete with the WWE. So, in Hollywood, do you think going to Mondays was a mistake? At the moment, yes. I agree. I like the idea of going live, because I think you're, you're more likely to watch it if you haven't read the spoilers. That's a, pure, that's a fact, you know? Definitely. Definitely. So going live every other week, I think, is a good idea. They could go yes. back to Thursday and still have it live every other week. And I think that's pretty, I think that'll be fine. Yeah. I love the idea of going to Mondays. It was exciting because you didn't know what initially what was going to happen. You predicted that WWE were going to win, and, and you really thought TNA would raise their game, and then therefore WWE would have to. Alas, none of that has actually happened. No. No. WWE, they haven't raised their game. They haven't dropped. They've gone on, you know, as if nothing's happened, basically, haven't they? They haven't needed to change much, really. No, because there isn't really competition. No, not yet. No. Uh, so, yeah, go back, to th- go back to Thursday. And as you said, they... Uh, oh, yeah, basically, I mean, I really hope we're proved wrong, obviously. But uh, I don't think that's going to happen under the current regime. I mean, look at it this way, right? If we get, uh, uh, if we, you know, there was that whole thing about Slammiversary last year doing shockingly, right? Yes. We don't know for sure because they never actually officially released their numbers, but yeah. That's true. We don't know for certain. But if we get to Slammiversary and we're hearing that talk again, they've got to change something. Well, I, I mean, lockdowns, they're normally, funny enough, one of their most bought pay-per-views and people oh, yeah. are already predicting that it's going to be quite the flop come this Sunday. I mean, what's the card like? I can't remember. Well, I guess we can uh, we can we can definitely go through it at some point. Um, Let's see now. Lockdown 2010. Because this is the thing with TNA. Sometimes they do book good cards, but they just have this ability to get things wrong. Well, I think even even when they start declining um, in like the 2008 where the the TV may may have not been that good, but they seem to always put on really good pay-per-view matches. Uh, in you know, there uh, is truth to that. Yeah, and then and then and then it, the the shit they started drawing into the pay-per-views, where you'd always get these screwed up screwed finishes, like in every match it seemed, and it just got weary. Was probably the best way of putting it. It is a thing. I mean. It is a. You're right. It is weird. Their pay per views are usually fine, aren't they? They're usually quite good. Yeah, but even even they've been a, a affected um, somewhat since this whole new uh, regime has 
come in. In what sense, do you think? The pay-per-views, well... Um, look what they did with Rob Van Dam, for example, you know? Coming in yes. the last pay-per-view, he got... And then he basically got schooled by Sting, didn't he? That is true. Yeah, what the hell? This is Rob Van Dam, what potentially... You know, one of your biggest draws for 2010, if you did it right, uh, mm. and they made him fail, it seemed, on, on his first try. I mean, what does Rob Van Dam mean now in TNA? He hasn't exactly started on a good foot, has he? Now, what did Rob Van Dam mean a month before he went to TNA? Wasn't he a lot bigger in terms... Huge. There you Huge. go. See? There you go. Well, let's see. Rob Van Dam, he maybe has a chance to make good, though, because he is in that uh, Lethal Lockdown match, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Don't get me. Yeah. But he's been he's da- he's been damaged, and there's going to be... Uh, there needs to be now more hard work put in to, like, up the, the stock of RVD. And the same could be said of Jeff Hardy, the biggest draw in 2009, so I keep saying... Uh, yeah. What is he? What is he now? He's the man that helps put a 0.8, a 0.9, a 0.6 on Monday. Do you think that we're being? Do you think we're we're being a little preemptive here? Do you think we need to give them more time? Uh, maybe we do. But they they were saying as as you said earlier that what is the next carrot on the stick? Oh yes, sir. We need to be live. Okay, they're live. Yes, we uh, we need Hulk Hogan. They got Hulk Hogan. We need we need a bigger name. Jeff Hardy. They got Jeff Hardy. We need to be live on Monday nights. They were live on Monday nights and have been so for well, you know, a couple of months now almost. Uh, what you know, what what more do they need? They've pretty much done everything. No, and they started on a fairly high note. I mean, that Jenny the Fourth show. Yes, it was promoted very well. They got 1. a good rating. 5. And one point five, yeah, yeah, their their biggest rating ever, and uh, it's just gone down from there. So the question is, what, if anything, can be done at lockdown to make people go, "Oh my god," and start watching again? Um, Dixie Carter coming out and saying at the beginning of the show to Russo, "You're fired." So Vince, Vince, hang on. What's her name? Dixie Carter comes out, fires Vince Russo. Yes. That announces she's having Hulk Hogan's baby. Well, that, <laughs> yes, that, yes, the last, the last bit of booking for Vince, the Vince Russo era, TNA. Um, oh, it, it would be such a legacy for him, wouldn't it? In a strange way, I'd like that because he'd be like, yeah, that's it. That's a bit of fun. Yes. Just as long as it was only for one night storyline, then it turned out it was someone else's, The Undertaker's or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, mm. I know, I completely, I completely agree. And, I mean, we, we you can listen to the We Fix TNA, and I don't think, really, my, looking at it now, TNA is in a lot worse shape now than it was when we did our We Fix TNA back in, what, March, April of 2009, about a year ago. Good point. It's a, we, we, I mean... It tells you something about a company that we're, in a sense, doing a second fix-it show. <laughs> yes, this is this is a yes, yes. This is a much more desperation than it is a fix-it show. Because this is the thing, as we've said time and time again, we don't like bitching about a company. We love wrestling. We want it to be brilliant. I completely agree. It's going to help us. 
more. It's going to, you know, when wrestling gets bigger, more people listen to this podcast, hopefully. Well, yeah, and not just that. It would just make you and me happier as people. It, yeah, it would, wouldn't it? Um, now, I, I normally, when I get my impact, I just normally fast forward it. It's just, you know, just rubbish. I know. The alternative has become a really pale, shabby version of the established. But now such a good time to be an alternative, not WWE yes. light. I mean, WWE, PG-13. Uh, yeah, okay. Then, But it makes me wonder. They're PG-13, but they're still 9 to 11 on a Monday night in America. That's a bit strange, isn't it? Don't you think? I've, always, I've always found that strange. That's strange. But now is such a good time. Okay, WWE, you got the kiddies audience. Let's uh, be a bit more adult and be a bit more clever with it. Instead, yeah. you get, you know, they, they they have bleeding, it seems, on every other impact sort of through epic proportions to the point where it doesn't really mean that much when someone bleeds. I, I agree. It's good to see blood in some ways. It's for some matches. Leave it for the pay-per-view and a special angle and impact that might get you to watch the pay-per-view to see the babyface come back, for example. But it doesn't mean that much anymore. They, they, but TNA have done that. That's, you know, they do things to death to the point where an angle won't mean anything. A screw job doesn't mean anything because it happens all the time. A tag team that gets together, you're just waiting for two months down the line when they turn on each other because they do it all the time, you know? I do know what you mean. The blood thing, I love to see a bit of blood in wrestling, as I've said many, many times. But you are right. They are doing it an awful lot. And it seems they're doing it for no real reason. No, but if WWE aren't, you could do a really good angle going into a pay-per-view. But, you know, one of the last shots you see as Impact goes off the air, for example, is uh, Samoa Joe being beaten down, all bloodied up. My goodness, he's in the main event for the title. Is Samoa Joe going to appear? What's going to happen? How is he going to get his revenge in the ODQ match? Oh, my God, get the pay-per-view. And then TNA Impact goes off the air. You're going to think, shit, I'm going to want to watch that, you know? Yeah. If you're going to do things that WWE aren't doing, at least use them well. That's what you're saying, essentially. Yes, that, yeah, exactly, at least use them well. But they, they haven't. And they're not really an alternative at the moment, either. They're not. They've not been for ages. This is the thing. No, I mean, you've got, the, you've got this X division. This is, the, this is the one thing that WWE doesn't... Well, two things, actually, which WWE ha- doesn't really have, is this X division-type wrestling... Um, some people are a bit bored of it, don't like it, fair enough, but this is the thing, this was the staple of TNA when it when it first began. And now what are they? It, They're just a thing. They're well, this clusterfuck thing. Yes, yes, I mean, you'd argue that the US Championship means more than the X Division, when, when you think about it, they were talking about the X Division Championship being, being perhaps more important than the actual TNA Championship, and that was the NWA Championship at the time. Indeed, it was. It was like uh, it's like people used to talk about the ECW World Television Title when RVD held it. Yeah, it beca- yes, it had for this relatively new championship. It had an awful lot of prestige behind it, didn't it? Exactly. The yeah, because and, the match quality was so high. Yes, and the other thing that TNA has, which they've kind of screwed around with, thanks to well. Bubba the Love Sponge being one person, is the women's division. You had the awesome Kong. Fair enough, Gail Kim went. I bet she regrets that now. But anyway, yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome Kong. You had this fantastic women's division, which is still quite good, but you could make it stronger. And this is the one thing that WWE does not have at all. 
as in a strong women's division. Yeah, I mean, their women's division is a joke. It's just thin models slapping each other about where... And you have three or four women that can actually wrestle that really aren't used to what? Uh, you know, even half their potential. That is true. That is very, very true. Yeah, and so, you've so got this, this big thing. Women used to be one of the biggest ratings on TNA as well when you look at the segments. So you run it into the ground and then you go, oh, why is that not working? Exactly. And you just make it bullshit. You know, and uh, had they done the women's properly, we might care. <laughs> we might actually care and have a women's tag team division instead of just it being a bit of a joke, you know? That's ridiculous, the women's tag team division. They, just, yes, have, they just haven't got enough people to do it. No. No. But they've got rid of the awesome, because they've got rid of so, you know, quite a few women that can wrestle that it's they've created their own problem because of that. Booking themselves into a corner, in a sense. Yeah, and so you've got the two biggest reasons why people might want to watch TNA over WWE, and they haven't done anything about it. I mean, you've got a match, this is ridiculous, um, you had a singles match for the X Division, right? Yeah. And then you had, a, I think, was it a number one contender or, or an X Division Ultimate X match elsewhere on the card? And I'm thinking, okay, but why wasn't that for the X Division Championship? What you know what I mean? I'm not. I'm. I don't find that as big a problem. No. No. I personally am not quite as bothered by that. Well, I can. You know, I kind of see what you're saying. But I'm just. I mean. But now it seems that they're barely using the the uh, the division at all. Yeah. I mean, I like what. Um... Who's the exhibition? Desmond Wolf is no, not Desmond Wolf. Sorry, Doug, uh, Doug Williams. Williams. Yeah, I like what he's doing. Say, you know, he's not a spot fest. He can actually wrestle and stuff. And it's he's doing really, he's doing really, really good promos uh, at yeah. the moment for it. But yes, um, the, the exhibition has been a joke for the last for the last year and a bit, and it's become even more of a joke since uh, this new regime's taken over. Fair enough, I will say. Go out on a limb here, but I will say Doug Williams has helped restore some of the credibility thanks to his promos and the fact that he's a heel character and he has the belt and he's everything the exhibition is not in the sense of what he does as a you know as a wrestling term. So it's a very good storyline they're doing at the moment, but it's the first one they've had for quite a long time. And I'm not, but the thing is, I'm not sure if that if it's what the fans want to see. I think they want to see the old exhibition style. Yes, I completely agree. They do. And hey, if they did this storyline right, come about, you know, and they booked something for lockdown right, you could have a new exhibition championship that people cared about. That is true. He but, could be super ass heel as a result of him being different. Is what you is what you mean? Yeah, but as but they buried the exhibition so much that you don't really care about it. Uh, the uh, average casual fan that tunes into TNA that perhaps used to care about the exhibition doesn't. That is true. It's just. It's just lost its glean, TNA. It's badly booked, and it's lost its identity. Yes, and it's... Uh, well, it is WCW light, some people are saying. I mean, when you look at the people they have, uh, and some of the things they do, you can't... It's hard to defend that uh, that argument. Defi- yeah, it's, it's difficult to dispute the idea that there's some truth to it. But what do you do to fix it? I mean, do you get... Do you get rid of a Russo? I would. I'd get rid of a Bischoff. I would get rid of a Hulk Hogan. I you mean, would? what have they done? Yeah, in in terms of business sense, they're costing the company, I'd imagine, a hell of a lot of money for very little 
reward, if not, you know, minus. Again, it's because Dixie Carter thinking old big name, instant fix. It'll make the money. But it isn't because they're just not using them very well. The thing is with Hulk Hogan, unless he's going to wrestle, I think it's difficult to justify. It's so difficult to justify them how much he costs if he's not fit enough to wrestle anymore. Yep, I mean, fair enough, Hulk Hogan, yes, he can give you the media. Initially, as you said, that initial yep. spark. But then, it, it, I tell you what, it went away very quickly, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, with, I mean, uh, this is going to sound like an odd thing to say, but when you look at, say, Kevin Sullivan, who was a, D- a WCW booker uh, in the mid to late 90s, right? He took Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff, and this is going to sound really weird, me praising him, took Hulk Hogan and used him beautifully, right? It's not just enough to have the right name. You have to put them in the right situations where people continue to care about them. And if Russo and Ferrara cannot make big ratings out of Hulk Hogan, Jeff Hardy, RVD, then I think the right man to come in would maybe be, we've said this before, but what about Gabe Sapolsky? Yep, I completely agree. Um, I think almost anyone with any... I mean, goodness me, had they left Jim Cornette there, I'd be fairly confident, that you know, about the booking. It would certainly be better. Yes, it would be better. <laughs> Absolutely. He's gone to ROH now. Um, you know, even even by Paul Heyman, as long as you keep him away from the uh, from the books, so to yes. speak. Yeah, um, he, was, he, he would be a lot better. Yeah, I mean, as long as everybody would be, as long as as long as the higher, as long as the Hogan's and Flairs would be willing to listen to Heyman, then Heyman could do a good job. Yeah, but I say, I mean, Hulk Hogan and Flair, I wouldn't really give them contracts. I would say, okay, Hogan, right? We are one and a half months to two months away from Bound for Glory. We're going to hire you for about a, a three months period, leading up to Bound for Glory for a mega match, and then that'll be it. Surely that would make a lot more business sense than hiring improperly, you know. I think I would do similar. I, well, sort of. I'd hire him for. I'd hire him on like a rolling contract, so they could let him go whenever they want. Yeah, I mean, you look at it what Hogan it, did in WWE. Sorry. You look at Hogan's last one in WWE. It, he would be about for about three or four months, and he'd leave and come back again. You know. You know. Yeah. And that kind of worked. Because the impact was still there, that kind of thing. Yeah, and it helped him keep somewhat fresh uh, in that t- in you know that time. I understand. I understand. But you, yeah, as you do that on a rolling contract, I, I can yeah, I can completely agree. That's a good idea. You put them in, you know, every now and then. So maybe Hogan ends up actually only wrestling on a pay per view, perhaps twice a year. Also. To an extent, that's that's what they're doing, though, aren't they? Yeah, but he's always there in terms of if he's wrestling twice a year, he's going to maybe appear about a month or two before the big match he's going to wrestle in to build up the storyline, you know? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. You you could put him maybe in, like, a, a tag match, but he doesn't have the one-on-one until that pay-per-view. You know, so you've got people really wanting to watch Hogan get his revenge back or for whatever reason he's going he's to be in the match. And then... Bang, there you go. If we took Hulk Hogan and used him more in that style, right? Yeah. I think that would be a really good idea. I think I think Flair as AJ's manager 
that could maybe continue to work full time because he's been really good at the character change, that sort of thing. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree there. Some people don't like it. I think it's interesting, and I definitely think it's it's uh, it hasn't flopped. Like, I, actually, to be fair, I thought it would. I okay. still find it entertaining. Yeah, me too. Me too. But yeah, I think I think Hulk Hogan to use part time not a bad idea. No, I mean they pretty much use Sting part time, don't they now? That's true, and that works. Yeah, it does. Uh, and you know, you have your main guys when you look at it. You have your Jeff Hardy, AJ Styles, Samara Joe. Goodness knows what they're doing with him at the moment. He's been kidnapped, hasn't he? You have your Samara Joe, yeah. RVD, your Jeff Hardy, AJ Styles. These are your main eventers at the moment. So basically, you're saying give them more time than Hogan. Definitely. Because they are going to be there 24-7. They're the future of the company. Uh, I forgot Kurt Angle as well. But they are essentially your future of the company. They're going to be the reason two or three years, you know, hopefully two or three years down the line where, you know, you go to a show, all their T-shirts sell out because they're really popular, you know? Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you know, you have like, imagine like a Jeff Hardy versus AJ Styles, a properly built, um, a properly built, you know, story, a properly properly built up match at a pay-per-view and a bound for glory or even a slammiversary, like a ladder type match, uh, you know, um, for the championship. I think we're getting to the point where we're almost repeating ourselves because it's just to the point where everything is staring us in the face in terms of what is wrong with the company. It is but, a lot more obvious than it ever was, I agree. Definitely. But for some reason, as I say, Dixie's naivety... And Russo's just shitness, to use your favourite word. Okay, fucking shitness. Whenever I think of you, I think of the term fucking shitness because you say it so much about Vince Russo. Thank you very so, much. No problem. Uh, only because of Vince Russo, not because of you, obviously. I love you. I love uh, you too, Mike. All right. As, but indeed, it, it should be so obvious what not necessarily what to do, but what not to do. I could not agree more. I mean, it, I, I'm kind of embarrassed for TNA when I see Scott Hall out there in a wrestling match, you know? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's just like, no. I mean, that's like, I don't know, that's like someone, say like, uh, goodness me, uh, that's like Muhammad Ali deciding he wants to get back in the boxing ring and challenge for the championship, almost, to me, you know? I know what you mean, yes. It's like, no, please don't, because... You know, you have this, well, Scott Hall doesn't really have much of a legacy. He's got a bit of one, you know, but he's, uh, he, I think he's tarnished it a lot over the years. So well, he he's, I mean, it's tarnished beyond belief. There's nothing yes. left. There's nothing left. No, there's, there really isn't. Apart from that one ladder match he had with Shawn Michaels. Well, that was two ladder matches, actually. Oh, yeah, I mean, the legacy you can't argue with, but from about 2000 onwards, oh, dear. Yes, exactly. Yeah, the, yeah, for the last decade, Scott Hall hasn't really been relevant. No. No. Before, no. Should we talk about something positive for TNA, though? Uh, and uh, I, th I think it's possible. Well, 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 um, I'm sure you're a man of miracles, Mike, so come on. Shall we predict the pay-per-view? <laughs> is it is going to be positive, though? It might be. Well, okay. Uh, Motor City Machine Guns versus Brian Kendrick and Homicide in a steel cage match. 
See, although Kendrick and Homicide are random teams, that's a match that makes you go, ah. Yes, it does, doesn't it? I, I think it you... Does. I'd put over the Motor City Machine Guns and have them win. Yeah, it makes more sense in a way. They're a I, proper tag team. It, I mean, it's purely because they're the number one contenders for the tag titles, aren't they? Yes. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I think, Ken, <laughs> I think it's cool when Kendrick gets a push... Uh, but I think because of the match you've got coming up, supposedly, uh, with Motor City Machine Guns and other contenders, it sort of makes more sense if they win. But it does. Christ knows if they will. So TNA being TNA, I'm going to predict Kendrick and Homicide. Excellent. James Storm versus Rob Van Dam. For the, I like this. For the numbers like... advantage in the lockdown match. I like this match, don't you? I do, but for the reason why it's the numbers advantage... Okay, fair enough, why didn't he do this on Impact? But, I mean, for the reason why it's the numbers advantage, I have to say, James Storm, the heels have to win this match. The heels need the numbers advantage, because then you've got no heat for the main event. Do you? That's true, that is true. (laughs) But... But would it be even better, in, not necessarily in terms of heat, but, you know, RVD wins, the the faces go in with a numbers advantage. Oh, yeah. Come in. And yet, and yet, and yet they still lose. Oh, no, definitely. So it's a tricky one, that one. It, it, you see, this is it. We can't use logic anymore. Their booking is so shit. No, and they've done it before where, they're, where, they're, <laughs> where the heels have... Uh, Almost look like the baby face is trying to make a comeback from a big beating, haven't they? So, yes, yes. Um, uh, the beautiful people, Madison and Velvet versus Angelina Love and Tara for the knockout championship and the TNA knockout tag team championship. I think the beautiful people will keep it for now. I don't know if they'll have it for long, but I think they'll keep it. I agreed. Um, oh dear, oh dear. Team 3D versus the band Six Pack and Scott Hall. Oh, how much I want Team 3D to put Scott Hall through a table. Yes, that could be the end of him, though. Oh, God. Wrestling-wise. Yeah, do you really want that? He, um, might, he might burst open and Fosters and Budweiser leaks all over the family arena. Oh, no, we don't want that, do we? Um, Can't have that. Oh... I don't know what to think, really. Um, I know, this is the thing with this company. It has to be... The thing is, though, it has to be Team 3D. Because you can only suspend your disbelief for so long. Really, I'm looking at this. This really is a two-on-one match for poor six-pack, isn't it? Well, in terms of working the match, it fucking well is. (laughs) Yes. For me, it's got to be Team 3D. And and then uh, on to the next... I don't know, on to the next match, unless you've got something to say about this one. Uh, because the band have been such bastards and finally got their contracts, I think if TNA have got any sense, right? Well, first, if they've got any sense, they'd fire them. But if they, but because they're pushing them, if they have any sense, the band will win. Um, yeah, I don't know how, but yes. Yeah, I don't know how. How are they gonna? How are they gonna win? Conan will interfere. Yes. He, comes back, he comes back. Why not? Kevin Nash versus Eric Young, another match we really don't need to see, and it's on a pay per view. Sadly, I can't see Eric Young winning this. No, I can't, but he should. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Kevin Nash, the man who hobbles down the ring. I mean, Kevin, Kevin Nash, he's a bit like Sting in the sense that we no, don't wrestle that often. Uh, Sting, we know he can go. Kevin Nash really can't, even on his good days. Uh, no. Yes, I'm going with Kevin Nash. I, I want Eric Young to win, but... 
I'm going to say the same thing, yes. Doug Williams versus Kazarian versus Shannon Moore for the X Division Championship. Now, this is a tricky one, I think. But because of the way Williams has been pushed recently, as you say, with his promos, I suppose it would make the most sense in a way if he retained. It would, and it'd give him more heat. And what it would mean more when Doug Williams does get beaten. Hopefully, in a one-on-one match against what would it like? I would like to see Doug Williams versus Daniels, and Daniels winning the X Division back because Daniels, you think of Daniels, you think of the X Division. Not going to happen now, obviously, but you know. You do, but as you say yourself, it's not going to happen. No. So I, I suspect Williams wins, keeps the title for, for a while, Kazarian gets really hot, really, really hot. He still doesn't win because TNA booking always takes longer than it should, and he eventually wins it when you're at the point where no one gives a shit. Yes, in 2011. 2000. Uh, well, well, all right, maybe not quite no one gives a shit, but I think it'll take quite a while. So I think Williams will retain. Um, and next, the feud that just will not end, Mike. Yeah. Kurt Angle versus Mr. Anderson. I'm thinking Angle. It's got to be, this feud's past its sell-by date. Just end already, please. <laughs> There's a rumor <laughs> that Kurt Angle... Pardon? I really want to say something good about this company for the TNA fans who are listening, but it's just not that easy to do. No, I mean, I'm sure they'll have a good match. Kurt Angle, rumored oh, yeah. to be taking a month off after this. It's only a rumor. Ah, if he's taken a month off afterwards, will he necessarily win? That's the thing, yeah. you got to think Anderson's going to really, you know, and then the feud will continue when Angle gets back. That's the worry, Mike. Well, if, if Angle is taking a month off, then you've got to give it to Anderson. It makes sense. And then you could say something like, I've ended his career. Oh, wait, he's back. Which will mean Eric Bischoff will win this match. You know it. Correct. Eric Bischoff will win this match and be exhibition champion. Next, uh, Team Hogan. Uh, which involve, which is, uh, well, Hogan, I think he's in it. Abyss, Jarrett, Hardy, Rob Van Dam versus Team Flair with Sting, Beer Money, which is Robert Rudenstorm and Desmond Wolfe. Who do you have win this? I think this one all depends on what's going to happen in the title match. Because I don't think you'll have the faces winning both or the heels winning both. Yeah, but uh, D'Angelo De Niro, he's not really a heel heel, is he? He's a bit of a tweener. I didn't say D'Angelo De Niro was a heel. Who said no. he was a heel? No, no, he's not, is he? I, I know what you mean. Um, AJ Styles, yes, he's definitely the... Yeah. Uh, I've got confused. But yes, I, I do agree with you. You wouldn't want... These are the top two matches, the two main events. Yeah, it does depend. I think... I've got, I've got to go with the, the faces winning this match and obviously AJ Styles perhaps winning the main event. Yeah. What do you reckon? I think AJ Styles will win the main event. Yeah, I think he'll keep it. And and see now now it's like I'm going back on myself if I say otherwise about this one. But this one, what we got? Yeah, I think I think Hogan will win. Yes, Ho- Team Hogan will win. I completely agree. Um, so that's TNA lockdown. I think it's quite possibly be the lockdown with the not with, with the least buys for the quite a few years help us jesus yes yes definitely um that's your jim Cornette because apparently he doesn't want jesus help no no, Yo, no. What, sort, what sort what sort of twat do i sound like now i sound like a real bible bashing freak don't i sorry about that that's right i believe in god um I, oh yeah that's the i meant obviously i believe in god but by saying he doesn't want jesus's help god damn it <laughs> 
that made me sound weird. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe it did, but there, there you go. Um, Before we close off on the lockdown thing, I'm just trying to think, right? I, I, you know, obviously in England right now, yep. it's, it's election time. Yes. Huge thing. We've got the first ever presidential-style debates on television. I saw a few minutes of, uh, I haven't seen the, all of it yet, of the one the other day, Nick Clegg, go on, brother. Uh, he seemed to do well. I'm trying. I want. I want us to make some sort of comparison between wrestlers and politicians. All right. You see. You see my thinking. To, just to tie in. You know. Just to tie in. So I'm going to say that the band, old, worthless, annoying, but somehow still around, Conservative Party. <laughs> I'm going to say. Confused, weird, very, very uncharismatic, but still sometimes wins anyway. Oh, who can that be? Any thoughts? Any thoughts? Email us! Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara. The TNA booking team. There you go. The TNA booking team. Somehow hold on to their job. Well, they do, don't they? I mean, they 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 do. They hold on to their job even though they haven't a fucking clue. (laughs) And, <laughs> and who is the TNA booking team, Mike? Who is the TNA booking team? Yes. Vince Russo, Ed Ferrara, Gordon Brown and Alistair Darling. Yeah, very, very good. Oh, yes. <laughs> and finally, the young whippersnapper who has promise. I'm not just saying uh, who has some promise, but might not be quite big enough to win the big one. D'Angelo De Niro. Ah, yes. D'Angelo De Niro. And who is D'Angelo De Niro representing? The Liberal Democrats. Very good. Uh, I like that. Yeah, you like that? Yes, yes. <laughs> That's quite good. The, yes. It sort of adds up. It does, doesn't it? It really does. So, we're basically, we're saying, uh, I think if you re-round TNA a year ago, well, if you re-round TNA two years ago... That is almost your perfect TNA, minus perhaps Vince Russo if he's there. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Not necessarily perfect TNA, but it would be more of a clean slate. It's 75% better than the one we've got now, that's for sure. Here, and here. Yeah, and their pay-per-view numbers were up compared to now. Their TV ratings were up compared to their Monday ones. And their salaries were a lot cheaper than they are now. And they were making a profit, yes, because of that. Exactly. So there. So um, there you go. So what we're saying is TNA need the help of Gabe Sapolsky, Dixie Carter to learn a bit about wrestling and Jesus. And Jesus, yes. Um, and <laughs> well, uh, Jim Cornette. Well, I go go to jimcornette.com or is uh, is you know it's it's interesting reading. That's for sure. Yeah, check that out. Ch- check that out just before you email us at www.podcast@googlemail.com. There you go. Do, do you have anything else to say on the matter or any other? Oh, quick, quick bit. Um, NXT, a SmackDown in America, has gone to sci-fi come the fall. Really? I hadn't heard that somehow. I missed and that. NXT looks to be cancelled because of that. Oh, no. I think NXT's all right. Yeah, but it wasn't, but it wasn't what, it 
what was promised. What was promised is a, was a reality TV show. You know, it was. You you thought it was going to be more like a tough enough than really uh, EC what ECW ended up being with more gimmicks. You know. Yeah, I see you thinking. NXT what... is just another wrestling show, essentially, isn't it? Now, because there's no public vote of any kind, is there? Well, I think there is, but is there? Well, yeah, there kind of was, but the audience decided at the last one uh, of of like who um, who gave the best promo, for example, uh, Wade Barrett won. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, but I mean, it was yeah, it, it wasn't what it promised to be, was it? I think essentially is what I'm trying to get at. Uh, I think that's a shame. I wonder what's going to go in its place, if anything. Actually, probably nothing. No, pro- probably nothing. Um, and I tell you what, not meaning to talk too much about WWE, but with SmackDown not going to Sci-Fi, which has less, I think, which is in less homes than my network TV, isn't this now a better time than any to do away <laughs> with the brand split? Oh, wow. That's a big thing to suddenly throw out there. Well, yeah, because SmackDown is, is funny enough, it, quite often it's the better wrestling show that WWE have uh, yeah. out of the three. But if it is going to get less viewers uh, than even it, it does now, um, I, yeah, get rid of the brand split. Do it. Okay, let's do it. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I think, I think uh, now's a better time than any. But because, they're uh, not, because they're doing the WWE draft, that three-hour show coming up soon. Oh, yeah, we've got to see that. Yes, it's going to be interesting, actually, to, for what they do put on SmackDown. You think Orton will go to SmackDown because of his feud with uh, Thingy, Swagger? Oh, God, isn't that... Oh, well, that's coming up on the next pay-per-view. Isn't that an I-don't-care match, you know? You don't give a crap? No. you got Jack Swagger. Uh, yes, he's good. You made him a comedy character, and then you want everyone to take him seriously overnight. Okay? That's the thing. I've got no problem with Swagger as a wrestler at all. No. But I but the fa- I don't think the fans are going to care much. And then you've got Randy Orton. People care about him, but he delivers the most boring promos. He can't deliver a babyface promo. He's boring, and that kind of helps with his heel promos, promos I guess, in a way. I'm this going, thing, you know, to kick you such, in the head. He's but. such a natural heel, because as you say, he sounds like a robot. And also his wrestling style. Uh, I don't think he has enough enough moves on him to be a babyface wrestler, unless it's going to be like at short matches. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, you even need to look at his comeback, his babyface comebacks that don't. Oh, well, you know, it's, well, I don't know. Um, uh, Goldberg uh, rumored to be going into the Hall of Fame already for next year. Uh, I've, heard, I've heard he's signing a Legends deal, yeah. Yes, and uh, that may even mean a match at WrestleMania. Da, da, da. Uh, yeah, I'd gotta, like to see it. Yeah, versus Batista or someone like that. That'd be interesting. I'd like, to, I don't know about him versus Batista, but I'd like to see him come back like for a short bit. I mean, can you imagine if he had turned up on WrestleMania just gone during, in the middle of some major match? The pop would have been enormous. Yes, yeah. Oh, that's exactly what I'd do. I'd either have him turn up at the Royal Rumble or the No Way Out during some major match, you know? As yeah, a, something like that. And I'll try and keep it a secret, as big of a secret as you can, like they did with Cena's return at the Royal Rumble. Exactly. They did it then, God knows how. Yes, and you're going to think, holy crap. I mean, I think the last time they had uh, the, a wrestling company kept something as a bigger secret as John Cena coming back was, is when Kurt Angle signed for TNA. 
That's exactly what I was thinking. You know, it can be done. That's uh, back when TNA was fantastic. I think that was the peak of TNA, was when Angle was just signed, they just had the Bound for Glory, and they were going into the first Samoa Joe-Kurt Angle match. I think TNA, that was the peak, and they've never reached that, those heights since, you know? I agree. They Creatively, they've been nowhere close. And I think that was their biggest pay-per-view draw as well. That first ever? match. I think ever, yes. I'm not too sure, though, but... Uh, what came close, perhaps, was the Samoa Joe Angle lockdown match for the title. Oh, yeah. But I, I think that was their biggest draw. Uh, I'm fairly confident. If not, email us at www.podcast at googlemail.com. Yes. Anything else to say, Mike? Guys and girls of all ages, degenerate... No. We want TNA to be successful as we've said many times we want WWE to be successful we want we want the wrestling business as a whole to survive and thrive and be competitive because it brings the best out of all these companies wrestling can only continue to be as wonderful as it is if we have fans like you tuning in not you know not just to us the you know shows like us but also to shows you know, also to Raw and also to Raw and SmackDown and TNA and so on. You know, we have to have that. I mean, basically, what I'm saying is this: without the fans, the wrestling is nothing. And as I've said before, when you watch TNA, if you can filter through all that shit for just five minutes of AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe, for just ten minutes of D'Angelo De Niro versus AJ Styles, for Angle versus Anderson, maybe. Just maybe, it's worth it. What I'm saying is this. Don't stop watching, because there's always hope. There's always hope in wrestling. There's always hope in life. I'm not going to say something as cheesy as Don't Stop Believing or any other song, whatever. I'm just going to say that in life, as in wrestling, you never know what's coming around the corner. So always be ready for what's ahead. Bye.